Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of the podcast that is sweeping the nation, One Man's Opinion. Right here, uh, wherever your favorite podcasts are found, whether it's Google Play, iTunes, Tuned In, Spotify, we are all over the globe. This is episode number 28. I am your host, Jeff Manns. You know where to find me, right? Besides this podcast, you can find me over at FantasyGuru.com, 2020 Fantasy Football Draft Guide. It's there now. We have all the last-minute features you need. If you need a quick printout, we got it covered for you, folks. Uh, you go there, go to the draft book, boom, print it, take it to your draft. If you just need to follow along, uh, we got the rankings, the draft book. We've got the My Guru tool for you. All you last-minute drafters out there, you guys who are late to the party, you didn't know your leagues were going in, we've got all the articles you need. If you're a commissioner setting up a new league, COVID-proof, your fantasy football leagues, got that all for you over there at – fantasyguru.com where are my dfs people at elitefantasy.com i could smell it just wrote my first uh first real cash game breakdown of the year i didn't write the week one though i wrote the whole season if you've ever wanted to know about daily fantasy and cash games it's not just cash game players either just want to know my process and again i've won well over seven figures in daily fantasy sports over the last five we'll call it six years uh since really started becoming a winning player around 2014 so um check it out because i give a lot of insight in there i give you my projections how i go and build a daily fantasy football roster every single week that can be found either on a fantasyguru.com or leadfantasy.com remember leadfantasy.com is for everything daily fantasy sports related nba nhl major league baseball esports mma pga all that's over there right now nfl just 10 days seven days away actually from when i'm recording this right now so get over there elite sports betting.com for all your legalized sports betting needs as well follow me on social media at jeff underscore mans the jeff Mans on facebook instagram Snapchat, and of course, my favorite over there on TikTok. We've got a lot to talk about on this podcast. This is hour two of the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio Show. Remember, they give me only an hour these days on Thursdays. I don't know why. The show can be heard 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius 210XM87 um, on SiriusXM Radio. It's called Elite Sports. And only been doing one hour on Thursdays. So decide, well, I'm going to put this my second hour in podcast form. And what better way to start out? So on today's show, I'm going to try to get to everything I think you guys need to hear now. Because I understand this is crunch time. Got to get to draft season. I won't dilly-dally. I threw out a question on my Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans. Ask me anything. So I'm going to get to as many, if not all, the questions I can possibly get to there During the course of this broadcast, I'll also hit the highlights of Leonard Fournette going to Tampa, what happens now in Tampa Bay backfield, what happens in the Jacksonville backfield. We'll talk about Josh Gordon's return a little bit as well. So uh, I'll hit some of those high notes. But I did want to start out today, and I wanted to give you guys who follow me over from the SiriusXM show to the podcast something special and unique that I haven't talked about at all. That's right. Not ever. It's really my latest obsession. So this is my podcast. This is a look at my brain, if you will. Nobody, I don't have to talk about anything I don't want to. I could, I could talk politics if I want. Somebody wrote the, on a review recently, stop the politics. All right, I get it. I understand. You're fair. That's fair enough. Um, whatever. But that's the thing. I could continue to talk politics. I could do whatever I want. and. With that in mind, with this as a peek into my brain, I wanted to give you guys an idea, an understanding, if you will, on how I work and how I operate and why my latest obsession is what it is now. I don't think, well, okay, I know for, the only thing I know for a fact in fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports, 
and sports betting, I know one thing. The puzzle hasn't been solved yet. Right? There is no solution. There is no – we do amazing work at our – the Elite Sports Network, network of sites. and We do really good work. We've got great people that do it. But the work's not done. All right, think of it in these terms. And I know this is going to seem ridiculous, but it's truthful in the world in which I live. All right, COVID-19 has been a terrible, terrible virus sweeping across the entire world for almost a year now, right? And so you see it and you probably hear the news reports as I do. Scientists believe they had a breakthrough and Belgian scientists and English scientists, American scientists and Canadian scientists, everybody's got the, but they keep going. They think they've got it. They're testing, but they keep rolling, keep, keep wrenching. As I like to say, um, I use that term. My old man used to like love to fix cars. I know nothing about cars. I'm not, I'm a car guy in the fact I love to buy nice expensive cars with my, my fantasy winnings, but I know just about nothing about how they operate, to be honest. But my old man would be ashamed. Um, but he, you know, we used to wrench on it every weekend in the driveway, wrenching on it, wrenching on it. it. It was never solved. It was never done. Scientists haven't come up. There's no solution yet to COVID-19. And we want all the scientists in all corners of the globe wrenching on this and working and grinding and staying up late and waking up early and testing and retesting, right? And mixing and matching all the, th- all the things they need to do. Well, that's the same way I operate in fantasy football. I know, get your laughs in. I know, ridiculous. But it's the truth. I've been wired that way my whole life. The things that I do for work, I was in the IT business for a number of years, uh, for 16 years to be exact. Uh, I sold a company one of the biggest, to one of the biggest companies, GE, in the entire world. My little old uh, garage startup PC repair company um, I sold back in 2003, and I, I never stopped operating. I never stopped trying to get better. I never stopped trying to improve. I hope I, somebody called me a pompous asshole um, over this week on Twitter, which I love. And maybe I am. Confidence is off, uh, often resembles ego, egotism, right? And people think I'm an egomaniac and whatever. It's fine. I'm just confident in what I do, but I'm, at the same time, I'm being confident and maybe a pompous asshole. I also know I haven't solved the riddle yet. I haven't solved it. I, you know, I'm narrowing it down every day by day, year after week after week, year after year. I'm getting to it. I'll get you. I'll get it eventually. But I keep grinding and I keep thinking, okay, what are different ways? Because I don't want to be a part of the mainstream. The mainstream is completely wrong when it comes to fantasy sport. I mean, think about it, guys. Do you ever, does anybody ever think about why so many people play fantasy sports and so many people lose at fantasy sports? Do you realize, I mean, I've come up 15 years in this industry and as far, I, I look at success as who did I come up with who was in the industry before me, who came in not too far after me, who's been around a while, and how have, has their life changed for the better? Who has improved their life, and how did they do it? And the best players in the world are ones that have hung around for a long time, changed their life, went playing 50-cent games to playing $1,000 games or $5,000 games, right? And I, I, there's kind of on one hand the people in my industry that have done that. And I think because people get to a certain point and they feel that that's, that's enough. That's it. It's the same thing with your fantasy football drafts. You draft your first five, six, seven, eight rounds. You draft your starting lineup, and then it's, it's a Miller time. You booze it up. You hit the bong, whatever it is. Or maybe you just try to you know, fill out the rest of your roster with defenses and kickers or whatever it may be. Right? And then those people don't win. You're not going to win in fantasy football that way. Because you you may have chosen a 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th round game changer, game breaker, breakout player, running back, receiver, quarterback, tight end. You may have chosen them deeper in the draft. The guy nobody heard from, you had an opportunity. The guy nobody saw coming that's going to break out in 2020, you had the opportunity to do it. 
the only way you're going to do that, though, is if you don't give up, if you keep grinding, keep churning. So I've added another layer. For those who follow my cash game advice over at EliteFantasy.com, my sports betting advice, Elite Sports Betting, all so on and so forth, even my rankings and my projections, I've got something brand new for 2020 that I wanted to debut on this podcast. And it is something I have thought about often on Truth be told, I keep, every year it seems like I go back and forth whether I believe this is an important detail or a non-important detail. Every year I go back and forth on how much I think it matters. But I've, I've paid a lot of attention to what's going on in baseball, what's going on in basketball, the NHL, you know, basketball, bubble, and baseball they're traveling and all this stuff so I've paid a lot of attention to all of this all of the conversations that happen around COVID-19 around the quarantine the coronavirus and stopping of sports and restarting of sports and even overseas when we look at La Liga and Bundesliga and KBO baseball and all this kind of stuff right and the one thing that stood out and that every league Every players association kept, not a big factor, but it was always thrown in, was travel. How travel would impact the players, thus their union. How travel would impact the games, travel and all that. And I said, you know, I've thought about this a lot. And we've done studies, of course. The Chargers, when they fly east, notoriously, when they're from San Diego, not that L.A. is different, but you know, traveling the East Coast just sucked. They always were terrible. And year after year, we can count on that. And all of a sudden, what was it? Uh, two years ago, I think they were like 3-0 and on the East Coast or something like that, or 4-1 and or something, you know, something like that. Um, so, you know, that's where they were, uh, you know, travel was impacting it. And so I decided to dig a little deeper into this. And I obviously have gone – gone back uh, 19, 20 years now, 20 seasons, and how travel affects NFL teams, uh, all right? And it's fascinating that we see a decrease of games. Uh, NFL doesn't have the same home field advantage basketball has. Um, we don't see that, but it is pretty dominant. There's pretty good margin uh, of you know, high winning percentage, 58% winning percentage, at home in the NFL opposed to on the road over the last 20 years. And then we start factoring in some more details, start whittling it down. So I, I did this comprehensive study where the um, tr teams that have traveled that week to the game, um, how many miles teams have traveled, what their correlating records are. And it's fascinating because teams that have traveled 20,000 miles. It's technically 19,800 miles or more. I know. It's, it's the way the numbers break. 19,800 miles or more in that season. Over the last 20 years, the teams that have done that, there are over 70 that have done that. Just 30 have a winning record. 30 of those 40. Or those 70, I'm sorry, 30 and 40. Actually, technically 30 and 40. Uh, 30 and 43, my bad. I mean, try it. I want to do this off my head, but I do have a cheat sheet in front of me, so I got that. It's pretty fucking bewildering, isn't it? That's something. It's pretty it's something, saying something. Now, is this luck? Is it randomness? Or what have you? Um, what's more, he, it even goes down to this. Here's the brass tacks. Over the last 20 years, teams that have traveled 2,000 miles or more for that game have a winning percentage of 39.8%. That's insane. 2,000 or more miles, 39.8%, call it 40%, why not? Winning percentage. In the NFL, with a limited amount of games, that's, that's saying something. Doesn't that, say, doesn't that tell us something? And again, this is a new study. 
This is something I haven't, it's not my life stream. And I haven't, I've been dilly-dallying on travel dates and East Coast to West Coast and flying cross country and stuff. I, I've toyed with that and I've done many studies in this, but it's the first comprehensive study I've ever done on this particular topic. And there's not much information out there anyway on this topic either. So I decided, all right, well, let's, let's go. So I went through and seen which NFL teams this year travel are going to travel the most and what games in particular. And this is going to come in very, very key, I believe, in our sports betting package and in our DFS lineups, lineup builds. This is where we got it. We, there's a lot more work to be done because we got to get into the quarterback production, running back production. Look, what fails? Is it the defense, the offense? There's a lot of gray area here. All right. So as much as that's a real low number when teams travel over 2,000 miles or they've traveled over 19,800 miles for the season, those results, those results tell us something, but it's not the end of the conversation. As of this recording, I don't have the end of the conversation. I don't even know if there is an end, right? Maybe one of you takes, takes the, the baton and runs with it. I'm going to keep grinding out myself. But what I know right now is I have to make, I have to make, a, make this part of my algo for my projections. I have to make this a tiny piece of that. I have to put it into my simulation software that I've never done before. I mean, I had home road. I didn't go. I didn't, there was no factors into mileage with travel week to week. Somebody's traveling 2,000 miles, right? That wasn't ever built into my uh, formulas before. So this is something new that we're diving into. By the way, I'm going to be drinking. I am drinking a, um, a spinach and strawberry banana shake as we throughout the course of today's podcast. So uh, your boys got to get healthier, folks. I got it. I keep looking at myself in the coffee video. It's gross. It's just, uh, I used to be an Adonis. I don't know what happened to me. It's, it's disturbing. So I I'm put on this, I'm going to suckle through the shake during the course of today's show. I apologize in advance. So let's look at 2020 and the amount of miles traveled overall. When I did this, it, that, it's stunning to me here. It is breathtaking. The discrepancy between teams that have, the mileage at which teams travel. The Seattle Seahawks will travel the most miles for road games this year. They're going to go over 28, almost 29,000 miles. 29,000 miles for the Seattle Seahawks, okay? It's a lot of miles. Now, they're all the way up in the Northwest. Okay, 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 okay. Understood, but that's an absurd amount. And you think, okay, well, all these players, all these teams travel a lot. Not a big deal, right? Well, then let's – I'm just going to go – I'm not going to go in order here. I'm going to skip around. Team that travels the least, least amount of travel this year, the Baltimore Ravens, 6,400 miles total all year. I mean, that's – how low can you really go, folks? Eight road games. Talk about 800 miles of road trip. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's a huge discrepancy right there. And if you go to the Seattle Seahawks, you know, whereas, uh, you know, they're traveling uh, 3,000 miles versus a team that's traveling 800 miles. That's pretty crazy. That's a huge discrepancy. Now let's go back. So that's the, that's the spray here. And that's why – you got to think this is something. There's something here with this miles. And by the way, I'm the guy who also predicted the Seahawks to, to win the uh, NFC West and all that. So now I'm starting to balk at that a little bit, a little bit. But so 29,000 miles all the way to 6,400. That's the, the spread. Second highest miles traveled are the LA Chargers. They're at 22,200 miles for the year. Look at that, though, for a second. And remember, that's 6,000 miles less than the Seahawks. That's a lot. The, the Chargers travel the second most amount of miles in 2020. And 
they still have the entire Baltimore Ravens travel schedule uh, to go before they reach what Seattle has to do. Whew, that's something else. The Rams are third with just over 22,000 themselves. The Dolphins at 21,000. Uh, Raiders at 20,900. The 49ers, 20,300. Buffalo Bills, 20,066. Cardinals, 19,400. Cowboys at 19,200. And then the New England Patriots at 19,200, just, just behind the Dallas Cowboys. As you can see, it, in this range, it starts to get pretty close. I don't think that – I don't think that in this data that I'm throwing out to you, this is stuff that I think is relatively important. Not the most important, but the data also suggests over the last 20 years it may be more important than we realize. But I don't think the middle matters as much. As we – once I started getting in – once you get below 20,000, like every team is within 4,000 of each other, you know, going all the, almost all the way down. It's the very – it's the extremes. In this data, it's the team that gets to stay home and they're creature comforted and maybe take bus rides and quick airplane rides as opposed to long stay at hotels and everything else. And by, mind you, what else I've done through this schedule in, in all of this is there are several teams that are actually going to stay over like the Chargers and Rams. Like they have they have multiple games back to back Chargers play at Tampa. Uh, and New Orleans, so they're likely they're going to probably, uh, I would guess, stay down there, all right? As opposed to going home and back and home and back. Say with the Rams, they play the Eagles and the Bills back to back. So some of those have already been accounted for here, folks. But I'm just blown away by the discrepancy there. The lowest totals: the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns. The Bengals, what do you know about that? The entire AFC uh, North, the entire AFC North barely travels this entire year. And AFC South is right along with them. Colts, Titans, Bears, Lions, all up in there as well. All of those teams are below 10,000 miles total traveled. Every other team sort of in the middle. Then you have the Seahawks, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Raiders, uh, 49ers, Bills, all over 20,000. So it, this is something to know. It's something to understand. It's something that's on my watch list. I'm calling it my latest obsession. I think travel does matter. Okay, we see Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger with crazy home road splits over their careers. A lot of differences there. Drew Brees, home road splits, massive, right? So we always think, you know, us, the, the fan slash analyst or want to be whatever we are you know, the fantasy player we think in terms of well it must be the stadium the crowd noise but it's definitely not it's definitely not just that the traveling has a lot to do with it and I, i'm sure of it now i've thought about this for probably 15 years but i'm sure of it now after all the back and forth I heard with all these different sports leagues and how every player's association really, really monitored travel. Not just, yes, they did, you know, wanted to make sure travel's clean and they're not at risk for COVID during travel, all that good stuff. But also the miles travel. Look at what baseball did. You see what baseball did? They did, they range, all, everybody plays in their region. Their whole season's. You got no east to west coast travel going on. You know, you got none of that. So that's travel definitely impacts these players. They're actual human beings. And when they're moving uh, around constantly, they're, they're sleep depraved. Some guys love to whore, go out whoring on the, on the road trips. I mean, I think Roethlisberger, that's, I've always blamed Roethlisberger's um, love life, if you will. Uh, before his terrible road splits for years because he'd go out there and party, party like crazy. And then he'd come home, be a good little boy, and perform well at home. And I know that. I've hung around players. I've covered players. I've covered teams. I know how certain players, certain guys are up in their hotel room. Michael Jordan, if you've watched The Last Dance, go watch it. He goes, I'm a prisoner. I'm, I can't go out anywhere. I'm up in my hotel room all the time. 
That's all, that's all he does. He prepares. Why is he such a great competitor? That's why. Other guys, guys who are, you know, the uh, Scott Burrells and Ron Harpers, they're going to the clubs, they're going to strip clubs, they're doing whatever they, they're doing whatever they can't do at home on the road. Um, that, that affects performance, obviously. Right? And the numbers bear it out. The numbers suggest teams that travel don't win. And if they don't win, they're not producing from a fantasy standpoint either. So a couple other numbers I'll run through real quick with this uh, before I get to Leonard Fournette. Um, no surprise, again, 39.8% of teams only win with after traveling 2,000 or more miles in one setting. Well, so segment it down, and I went through how many of these teams – which teams travel the most, who have the most games of 2,000-plus travel miles on their schedule? No surprise, the Seahawks. Five. Five of their eight games, folks, are played with uh, over 2,000 miles in travel. And that's saying something. I mean, that, that's why, you know, um, Seattle's got to go play Atlanta. They've got to play Miami. They uh, play Buffalo. They play um, Washington this year. They play Arizona, which isn't too far, but still they play Philly. A lot of 2,000-plus mile treks right there, folks. The Chargers uh, – or I'm sorry, the Rams actually have the, mo- the second most at four. Chargers and Dolphins each have three games – of 2,000 or more um, miles traveled. The rest of them, the 49ers, Bills, Cardinals, Patriots, Jets, Giants, and Eagles, they all have two, right? Then a bunch of one-offs, you know, other than that. But it's really the Seahawks, Rams, Chargers, Dolphins that have three or more games in which they have to travel 2,000-plus miles. So I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. I am – in the process as we speak of weighting that, that information, how much it should mean to us for fantasy football purposes and daily in, in uh, sports betting on the NFL as well. Uh, I'm entered into the Super Contest this year, the Vegas Super Contest. that We were top 30 finishers a couple of years ago, and I hope to take down uh, that, that whole contest this year. You'll see my bets exclusively at Elite Sports Betting. So go there and check that out. All right, let's move it on, everybody. Leonard Fournette, he goes to the, he gets first cut from Jacksonville, which is freaking amazing. Jacksonville is throwing their entire season away, just literally throwing it into the ether. I think it's repugnant what they're doing. They're not trying to compete. They're obviously just crashing. The f- funniest part of that is to me how guys like Doug Marone and even Jay Gruden, they, everybody's on the take in Jacksonville. Marone, must be, you must be the biggest idiot on the planet to think that somehow you're going to be around for this rebuild. Bro, you're so far gone, it's not funny. Gruden went to Jacksonville and is going through all this as the offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden, not John. He's going there. He thinks, well, when Marone's fired, which everybody except Marone knows, maybe I'll get the chance if they show something. No, 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 no. no. Dabble's, Dabble is coming from Clemson, likely to coach Trevor Lawrence. He's going to go to Jacksonville. Like, that's the way that's likely going to go. They're going to get a big-name coach. They're going to get somebody to rebuild around Trevor Lawrence. That's just this whole thing is about. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing anybody thinks to the contrary. So where does that leave the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in terms of their running back situation? Listen, I'm not the I'm not a big Leonard Fournette fan, but I really like Leonard Fournette. I think he's a very very talented running back. Uh, in Jacksonville, he ran against the fourth most stacked boxes in the National Football League last year. Um, got shut down a lot in the red zone because they bunch to line of scrimmage no running back I don't care if you're McCaffrey Saquon you're not going to be ultra productive running against stack boxes all the time so the best times the best production from running backs are made in good offenses where you got some viable wide receivers you got a quarterback that could sling it and those safeties and linebackers have to stay home meaning they 
cannot give up the deep play. And when you do that, you run against five, six-man fronts. Well, everybody's on a man. You have to make one or two guys miss, and you're home free. If you have to make four or five guys miss, you're going to get tackled for a loss or tackle at the line of scrimmage. So I think I don't think the production is going to go down very much in Jacksonville from the running back standpoint, but it's going to be split up. And it's the one to own in fantasy is Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is Jay Gruden's guy, and it's going to be uh, – that's just how it's going to be. We've talked about it, how in the red zone they use Chris Thompson all the time. They did that in Washington when Jay Gruden was there as well, usually catching the football, so you get that seven-point touchdown, right? That's always nice to have. But Thompson's going to be the most valuable guy as we sit here right now. Through the course of the season, Reichel Armstead, Divino Zigbo, those two are essentially going to be battling for the lead job. And I think it's really a neck and neck race. I don't think one stands out to me over the other. I like Ozigbo personally more than I like Rykel Armstead. But Armstead, they have a little bit more invested in him. They seem to like him a little bit better. He was the backup last year to Leonard Fournette and seems like he'll get that first crack at that job, provided he's healthy enough to start in week one. Where do I draft these guys? Good Lord, man. I don't, I don't even know. Seventh round. I'm not interested in the Jacksonville offense. If I am, it's DJ Chark. Otherwise, it's you know mid middle rounds on a Divino Zigbo, you know, um, and Divino Zigbo or a uh, super late Tyler Eifert. Just need a couple weeks out of them. That's that's all the interest I have in the Jacksonville offense whatsoever. But I do like Ozigbo more than um, more the Reichel Armstead for what it's worth. I think he's more of an all-around player, um, a big, strong, very Leonard Fournette-like. But it's going to be segmented, and it's going to be all over the place. So that is an issue there. Now let's talk Leonard Fournette in Tampa. <sighs> I said this on the SiriusXM show, and I'll say it again just to reiterate. For, and I could talk freely, which is nice. Listen to me, folks. Um, if your wife or girlfriend, husband or boyfriend can't, Stop on Instagram posting pictures, you know, little sexy fish fish lips pose, or you do all that stuff, and they keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. You're like, what is this for? What's that for? If your your wife tells you, oh, I got to, oh, this is just that's just Danny. He's so so funny. He's such a good friend, and oh, that's Enrique. He's a, a good friend. He follow, he DMs me on Twitter or DMs me on I IG and. You know, all this stuff. Like eventually, there's got to you gotta be fucking open your eyes. This is what I'm telling you. Fucking open your eyes. All the Ronald Jones truthers out there, open your fucking eyes and do it now. For Christ's sakes. They, Ronald Jones, brought in second round pick two years ago before Bruce Arians. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. He's a dog shit first year, barely even played. Played better last year behind Peyton Barber in sort of a dual role there. But he, he also lost out in the beginning of the season to Ugambuale. And then Ugambuale gets hurt, gave Jones a shot. He did well, did fine, did okay, I should say. But let's, what have they done since? They go out and get Tom Brady. They go out and get Mike, uh, Rob Gronkowski. Okay. They go get Tristan Wirfs on the, on the offense line. They go draft Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. That's a significant investment from this coaching staff, okay? That means something. Then they bring in LaShawn McCoy's old ass, 31 years old. They bring him in as well. Then they announced just two days ago that you know, Jones will start, but Ugin Bawale is going to be the third down or pass catching back with LaShawn McCoy mixing in. That's not good. Now they bring in Leonard Fournette? Like, good grief, man. This is like uh, – this is like your wife going to get coffee with a dude with a sledgehammer for a wing. It's over. Stop. Don't let her go. This is not what you're this is not gonna work out well for you. Leonard Fournette is a good running back. He's been a good running back since high school. LSU, you, you know, um big. He's strong. He fights off tacklers. He's got speed to get to the edge. 
All right, he, he can catch the football coming out of the backfield. I know Pro Football Focus rated him as one of the worst pass blockers, but I don't know what Pro Football Focus was watching because that's bullshit, complete and utter bullshit. He's a willing participant in pass blocking, pass protecting, uh, and he's done it multiple years in Jacksonville now as well. And I, I don't know why the low rating, but I think too many people are buying into that. Fournette's taking over this job. That's it. It's over. This is his job. I, look at me. Look at me. I am the captain now. That's what Fournette's going to say to everybody. McCoy's too old. Ronald Jones has no chance. Ugambuale has no chance. And Keyshawn Vaughn is buried on the depth chart, likely being their, their main kickoff returner. So that's it. Fournette's the guy. Will it happen immediately? Immediately in week one? Uh, that I don't know. He's got to get in, get accustomed. He's got enough time to get in, get accustomed. He's going to play in week one against the Saints. Now, is he going to be the featured guy that we don't know? But I'm drafting Leonard Fournette right now as the featured guy. I did a staff draft, by the way. If you go check out fantasyguru.com, uh, our entire uh, site uh, worth of fantasy football analysts, uh, most of them, a couple of guys did not get in. 14-team leagues expanded as much as they could. I was not in charge of it, folks. Don't blame me for leaving anybody out. I love all our people. but. Um, 14-team league, it was a live stream. You watched it, three hours worth of a live draft if you want to see in our heads. I drafted Leonard Fournette in the sixth round of that league. Kept letting him fall, 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 fall. He was a free agent at the time. And when I selected him, I said the same thing I'm going to say to you now. It, the moment he signs with the team, he is a fourth to fifth round pick at the worst. If he signs with the right team, He's a second-round pick, possibly a third-round pick. Immediately, it, it, no matter where, I got value on that pick no matter what. And sure enough, he went to one of the better spots in Tampa Bay. I love him here. I think he – I have a late second-round grade on Leonard Fournette. I like him a lot. I think he, he's right up here with um, in the Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley range. He, and by the way, not being drafted that one. Not being drafted that way, which is a big mistake. Going into this weekend, if you guys are listening to this uh, Labor Day weekend, yeah, I don't know where he's going to move up, obviously. I know he's going to move up, but this is a guy who's a – I have a late second-round grade. If you want to put him in third round, that's probably a fair spot to choose. If you get to the third round, I'm fine pulling trigger on Leonard Fournette. Absolutely fine with it. I'm not worried about any – any, any, any of these other guys. Not even a little bit. Like there, there is absolutely no worry to me about Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn or any of that. Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay is an absolute uh, fantastic thing for fantasy. And it's good for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there as well. So um, that's my thought there. Yeah, I did, we did the staff draft over there at fantasyguru.com. Go there, check it out. Uh, I like my team. I did things a little bit some of which was the same. Still got Nick Chubb. Still drafted Cam Akers. I draft him in every league. But I also end up with Jonathan Taylor. So Fournette's my fourth running back on the team. Chris Godwin finally announced that he was the slot receiver for Tampa Bay. So I really like, really like the makeup of that team. It's looking pretty good as of right now. So um, I dig that one. Go there. Tell me what you think. You grade my team. At Jeff underscore Mans, let me know what you think about it. All right, time for some Ask Me Anything questions here on One Man's Opinion. I want to get to as many of your questions as possible. I've talked enough for this one, at least in my voice. Uh, let's start out. Let's, where do we go? I'm just going straight from the top, reading down. Uh, thoughts on Dwayne Washington with all the buzz of Daryl Williams. Is Williams the guy to own behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Yes, Daryl Williams is the guy to own. Dwayne Washington, or DeAndre Washington. Oh, boy. Two different Washington. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised. If he doesn't make the team, I'll be very, 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 very surprised. I can't imagine that happening. He's actually had a good camp, but so is Edward Solaire. And Daryl Williams evidently is off the chain in camp. And I think Daryl Williams is a real threat to Clyde Edward Solaire right now, especially week one and two in the early portion of the season. 
but we'll see what happens. So yeah, it's, it's Daryl Williams, Washington. You can completely forget about, um, who will be your live stream partner this year? Tell us a, a little about article and live stream schedules. Okay. Sunday morning is really looking for DFS next week. Oh, my dude, Todd asking that question. What's up, Todd? My brother, uh, recognize you. Um, so, we are going to mix up the live streams over to Elite Fantasy. Me and Tommy G have been doing them on Friday nights for the most part. It's going to be me and Ricky Sanders, me and Siege sometimes. I'm going to try to get more people involved on the Friday show as possible. Um, that's our goal right now. It will be Ricky and Brian Healy on the Sunday morning show over there as well. All your standard articles are going to, are coming back. Um, we've got Ricky Sanders, one of the best, most accomplished DFS players doing the GPP articles. We have Siege doing his articles. Healy's doing Healy's hints again. We got coaching sessions. Remember, for those of you that may be new to daily fantasy and things like that, the way we approach it at Elite Fantasy, we give you not just an article, like a write-up every day. We give you a coaching session, an hour with one of our analysts, However many show up to that session as it is on Tuesdays, it's quarterback Wednesday. It's uh, uh, running back wide receivers on Thursday, tight end on Friday, defense, special team Saturday. You get an hour of time and it often goes over with our analysts one-on-one. -on -one. Why you like this guy? Why does he like this guy? What's the breakdown? All of that stuff. So uh, it, it's really it, it walk you all the way through it. But, yeah, I'm excited about this year, man, Todd. If you saw the our staff league draft, just shows you a dedicated – I mean, we did the draft on uh, Tuesday night, and while we were doing it, like half of our guys were winning $10,000 or more in daily fantasy baseball, and they're sweating it out and, ha you know, having a good time. These are good guys, smart guys way way incredible players in the daily fantasy sp space so i'm really pumped up about that but appreciate that question todd um if i draft zeke acres moster do i back up all three if i only back up two do i draft coleman or henderson as a backup good, this is a good question when it this comes down to handcuffing principles and uh oh love this name not don lemon good um so you got to draft Pollard to back up Zeke. That's what gets the most valuable rushing game there, the Cowboys. Um, Zeke goes down, Pollard's a very high commodity. So he's number one. Number two is where it gets, it will trip people up. And that's why it's a great question. The number two is actually Daryl Henderson. Why? Well, the Rams backfield is more is less segmented, I should say, than the 49ers. 49ers may put up better numbers, but McKinnon now all of a sudden a part of this shit. That's going to screw things up. Coleman has a more – Tevin Coleman has more standalone value than Henderson, but he's also needs Mostert to completely go down, and even if Mostert goes down, he's still split in the backfield with McKinnon. And then if it's not McKinnon, it's the next guy up and the next guy up. So that's the problem with San Francisco. Whereas in, in L.A. with the Rams, it's going to be Akers. And if anything happens to Akers, it's going to be Henderson. Just direct. You want that opportunity share. You want that snap share from your running back. So that's the direction I go. Great question. Uh, next question, 11th pick in a 12-team league. Should I grab Kelsey? Then Adams, Julio Jones? That's weird. Or then double up on RB on the way back. Um, wow. Well, for one, Adams and Jones, there's no way they're going to be there on the way back. I, I guess. Like, oh, I see. Either one. So, Kelsey. <sighs> okay, I got you now. Sorry, uh, chat box. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I have Adams first. I have Adams, then Jones, then Kelsey ranked. So, starting this out with Adams and Jones, if you can, is would be my ideal way to go and then grab you know then at on the way back you probably miss, obviously miss out on Kelsey unless this somehow gets back to round three which I strongly doubt um I prefer to go the wide receiver wide receiver route but if if Adams well, Thomas Adams I always have to include Thomas Adams Julio Jones 
Hopkins and Tyreek are gone for some odd reason, then I go Kelsey. I don't get into Kelsey territory until those five absolute blue chip wide receivers are gone. Then I go to Kelsey. All right. And yeah, so if you start that way out and then go running back, running back on the way back, I think you're in good shape. I think you're in good shape. Yeah. I, I would absolutely do that, but not with Kelsey, if at all possible. Otherwise, you know, trap one running back and Jones or one running back and Adams. Fine. Ready to go. Positive news coming out of Pittsburgh on Eric Ebron. Do you think he might be low on him? Could be the, uh, the number two in pit number. He is, what? he is the number two in pit. Um, he's the number two tight end. I Ebron will likely be a red zone weapon for Roethlisberger. There's not a lot of upside for Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh. You've got Connor, you've got Juju, Deontay, uh, Chase Claypool's making a run. I think Ebron is a, he could be the Jared Cook of this year. Seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns. That would be amazing. And again, that would put him in top five or six of fantasy tight ends. But he's not going to have that regular contribution that you're looking for. You know, today's marketplace with tight end, you, you, you want him to at least have four catches a game, don't you? We should all want at least four catches, 50 yards a game from our tight end. Then they have the big game, you know, six for 80 and a touch. You know, they get their touchdowns. But Ebron's just going to be – it's hit and miss. It's all going to be touchdown oriented. So, I don't think I'm too low on him. I think I got him right in the right spot. Uh, another question here. Two quarterback, 10-team league, three flex. Oh, boy. Wookie's got a long one for me. Here we go. Three flexes, three wide receiver, two running back, one tight end. Keep up to six. Oh, dear God, Wookie. Um, I think Wookie, he says he's drafting tonight. Wookie, you've misunderstood what an Ask Me Anything is. I, I will answer your question just because I promised I would. Uh, kept Watson, Chubb, Mixon, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Kareem Hunt. Why you, okay. My first pick is round seven, pick 10. 10 quarterbacks kept already. Is getting my second QB a priority or getting best players around seven and eight? Um, great question, Wookie. Quarterback is, I, I think, and you're talking that deep. Of a keeper league, I, I do think quarterback needs to be a priority because it's a two QB league. Yes, I would definitely put an emphasis on the quarterback position. Now, having said that, would I am I going to draft? Um, I don't know Tyrod Taylor or um, Nick Foles over maybe there's a Cam Akers or somebody available. Hell, flipping no, I'm not doing that. So it's a priority. But go look at the two quarterback super flex chart I have over at Fantasy Guru. And, and once you're on there, I'm going to go ahead and say tier 2B. No, you know what? I'll go 3A. The 3A tier, that's the last one that you should make a priority. If it's, if it's after 3A, fuck it. it. It's not worth your time. It's probably better at other positions. Uh, another question, do you prefer to go heavier at one position early or just best player available? It seems like there are actually several good receiver running back options in the middle rounds. Yeah, Casey, great question. I best player available always in the beginning. I always talk about building the foundation. You want the firmest concrete you possibly can. You want guys with the least amount of downside you can. Best player available first two to three rounds always for me. And then if you read the Manifesto, it's all in there. My draft plan over at Fantasy Guru. Then, then I start, okay, now it's time to open up targets. What do you need? You start addressing needs in round four, five, and six. Mm. Andrew Steer. I'm going to sip on my shake while, uh, before it goes gross. Super draft general lineup building strategy. Which cornerback to pick? on week one GPP and FanDuel. Um, Andrew, I will have an extensive super draft lineup building strategy. I may do an entire podcast just on that. Um, super draft is a newer DFS company. Not newer. They've been around two or three years. But last year when our subscribers ran into a problem on FanDuel, and FanDuel became this 
FanDuel started allowing people to multi-enter, multi-account, I should say, with this exact same lineup. I got pissed off, and we, you know, we're looking for an outlet to play because we all we look for is a fair game. Superdraft really showed me something. They really picked up the ball and created contests for our subscribers and our listeners. And I am not a per. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and I have four brothers and sisters. And you know, you don't forget for where you came from. You never forget somebody who took care of you. So Super Draft, uh, I'm going to be playing pretty heavily on this year. And I'm going to have a lot of content towards them, I, I think. But um, too much to get into in this general uh, podcast, Andrew. Uh, and what cornerback to pick on. Um, boy, I mean, I haven't even gotten that far for week one. But I rest assured on Friday, in my, by the time I uh, – Publish my cash game breakdown at EliteFantasy.com. Bet your ass I'll have the top 10 best uh, wide receiver cornerback matchups to exploit on there at that time. Jack Burton wants to know when given 15, 20 touches per, will Jonathan Taylor put up Chubb-like rookie numbers when he was given proper dues? Um, No, not quite. Close. I mean, it, it'll be close. If given 15 or 20 touches a game, I guess that caveat, then yes. <laughs> All right, yes. In that context, I just don't think that is going to happen at least. But I think Taylor will put up some big numbers, some good numbers. I don't – he's not as good as Nick Chubb, just raw skill. He is in – he is in a great situation. I think Chubb's in a better situation this year in Cleveland, believe it or not, than Taylor is even in Indy. But um, I think Taylor's going to put up very, very good numbers. He gets 15 to 20 touches. That dude is borderline RB1 at that point. Do you think EA Madness completely abusing their monopolization on NFL? Ooh, great question. I still play occasionally. Notice, <sighs> man, EA Sports is in a no-win situation. Because what do you really do? The game is great. I play the game. My son plays the game. We're big fans of the Madden franchise. How much do you want to change the game that's fucking great? You know what I mean? It's like everyone's yelling at EA Sports because they didn't change much on Madden. It's more like a roster update for this year. Yeah, but it's a great game. What are we bitching about? I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, can they offer a little bit more? I don't like, like my son's all into the, the, the mutt packs, you know, the Madden ultimate teams and all these things and packs of cards they have on virtual. And I think that's kind of scamming us a little bit. I would rather have more features than, than those types of things. But again, I'm not a, I'm not a 10 year old boy either. So I don't think they're, they're abusing it. I don't, I, I'm, I get where the, Users are coming from. They want more features and everything else. But once you've developed such a great game like that, and the, last year's version was amazing, 2020 version, 2021, I've played it already myself. It's, it's a tremendous version of the game. I, I don't want them to improve that much. It's great as it is. I don't want them changing a lot of things, you know? Um, so I, I think there's a lot of middle ground there. So, no, I don't blame them. Great question, though. So you could have any two of the top 10 running backs not named McCaffrey or Barkley in standard scoring. Who would it be? I love the fact that you said in standard scoring because that obviously matters. Top 10 running backs. I mean, I'm going to go with my, uh, (laughs) the guys who are just next up on my list, right? I I think Zeke and cook are my next guys. If you wanted me expand it even more Chubb and Derrick Henry. I think in a standard league, that means non-PPR, Zeke, Cook. Cook is the one that loses the most of all those guys. Chubb and Henry are much closer to top five or top six overall picks in a standard league than they are in a PPR league. So there you go. Um, Two-keeper, 10-team league, already have Chubb in the 13th. You taking a last-round shot on Preston Williams or late-rounder on Big Ben? Uh, last round shot. Uh, give me Preston Williams, I guess. Uh, I like Preston Williams. My 
co-host on Sirius XM, Ted Schuster, loves Preston Williams for what it's worth, and he was right about him before the injury last year. Favorite ninth round plus running back wide receiver sleepers. Well, come on. I've talked about this quite a bit, everybody. But uh, you ask the question, you get an answer from me, brothers and sisters. Um, let's see, ninth round plus. Uh, I mean, you see, that's not late enough. That's like uh, – Antonio Gibson, running back of the potato, Washington Potatoes. You're talking about um, Jerry Judy of the Broncos. You're talking about um, who else going beyond that in that realm? Um, Damian Harris of the Patriots, who has a hand injury right now. Hasn't practiced the last couple days, but um, still think he's done enough in camp to – challenge if not overtake sony michelle justin jefferson of the minnesota vikings i like a great deal you know how i feel about baker mayfield at quarterback um yeah i mean if trying to i mean i did a whole podcast on the later round guys super like michael Pittman from indianapolis has to be on that list as well um darrington evans if you want to get into drafting other people's handcuffs a guy who is one hit away um, from possibly being an RB1. Darrington Evans would be the guy in Tennessee. So there you go. Uh, where do I find this second hour? I love to listen. Well, you find it here, baby. Boyd Lloyd podcast. On uh, 12-team PBR auction, would you rather get Barkley over 65 or Chubb about 60? Yeah, that's tough. Damn. Um, man, I... I mean, I would just go Barkley at 65. I love Nick Chubb to death. Love him. But if it's just who do you want more, I'd rather have Saquon Barkley. The five bucks, that isn't enough to impact me. Pick eighth in a 12-team. Is Mahomes worth the pick since the top backs and receivers could be gone? What? Fuck. No. 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 Don't draft quarterbacks early in a one-quarterback league. Don't do it. Don't do it. No. I know Mahomes is beautiful. I know Lamar Jackson is beautiful. Stop it. Stop it, all all of you. Say no, Mo. Say no to eighth pick. Patrick Mahomes would be an absolute – I would arrest you for that. Mm. All right. It's drinking my shake. What annoys you the most about people that call into the radio show? Oh. Mm. Um, the ones that – Okay, for one, so we had this bit the other day. Not a bit. It was real uh, on Sirius XM where me and Ray Flowers were hosting. And, you know, the guy said, I'm in a two-quarterback league, super flex. And so Ray started thinking he's – that oh, you can start four quarterbacks? I, I knew what the guy meant. I'll tell you what. What annoys me about callers is nothing, truth be told. I mean this with every fiber of my being. I love my phone callers. I love the people listen to it, and I mean that in the utmost sincerity. To listen in, and you know, I have off the cuff remarks and all that kind of stuff, and to to gel and vibe with me, and to take the time out of your day to call me for advice and something you think is important enough, I take that very highly, and I think that's very important. And I'm not—it's not just saying that; I really mean it. So nobody annoys me. I'll tell you one thing about. Here's the thing that annoys me most, though, is um, is when you you when somebody calls in wanting to. It's like if they have a stardom and sit them. Rob Gronkowski or uh, Hayden Hurst, and then I'm like, okay, Hayden Hurst, and he's like, well, Gronkowski's playing so and so. Okay, dude. You want to start Gronkowski, then just start Gronkowski. You want my advice? Like, take the advice. Don't argue with about it. I, believe me, because the reason I don't like that is because I, I know the matchups. I know who these guys are playing. I get why you're asking the question. We have to have – there needs to be more of this in our society, more like understanding of one another. I understand – why you're asking your question. Ray gets mad for a quarterback. I know what you mean. I think I, I've been around people my entire life. I've done this job for a long time. I know what you're trying to ask me. Even if you don't say it perfectly and fluently, I get what you're saying. 99 out of 100 times, I get it. Okay? Have the same respect for me. Don't try to make a point 
over what I think to try to go the other direction if you're calling me for advice. I already know that. I know who they're playing or I know their elusive rating. I know these things. That's what I do for a living. I'm studying fucking travel miles for crying out loud. I know what's going on. So if you want to start Gronkowski, then just start Gronkowski. No big deal. Do it. I honestly hope you win with it against my wishes. But if you already have a preconceived notion of what you want to do, and then you ask me the question, and I disagree, and then you want to argue about it, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Next question, who tilts you more, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, or Le'Veon Bell? Ooh. Sitting in the middle of the third round. If they all three sitting there, middle of third round, who do you choose? Well, duh, I choose Odell Beckham. Who tilts me more, though? It's interesting. Good question. I I don't – probably – probably both Brown and Bell because they've thrown away opportunities. Bell sitting out a whole season. I'll never – I'll never respect that decision. I know what he's trying to do. I know what he wanted to do. He caused himself a lot of money. He caused himself a spot in the Steelers. He had to go to the Jets. I mean, it's just terrible. I don't know. If you love what you do, you're not sitting out. You'd play for free before you sit out. I know it's a business. Believe me, folks. I, my job is like this as well, where I get fucked over constantly by, we'll just say people. Okay. And it is what it is. And, you know, that, but I still do the job because I have people to rely on me for it. And I do it at all necessary. If they paid me $0, would I still do it? No, 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 I have many, 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 many times. But would I do it regularly? No, but Bell was going to get $50 million. (laughs) If that wasn't good enough, I don't know. So let's say Bell. Bell tilts me more because of that decision right there. Uh, Is Elshon Jeffrey worth a late IR stash of foot injury? Yes, absolutely worth it. He's the wide receiver one in Philly, I have a feeling, when healthy. Sleepers, Omar asks, Omar, I already did a whole podcast on that, my my dude. Please, a ton of them. How, How high are you on Brian Edwards? Would you rather have Cobb or Edward? What? Uh, I would rather have Randall Cobb, but it's a good question. Half point PPR. I'm ha- I drafted Brian Edwards in the 13th round of a 20 round 14 team league for our fantasy guru staff league this past week. So I'm relatively high on him. I, I like to profile a good deal. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity. He's sh- the one showed up. Um, Probably going to outproduce Henry Ruggs, which is a terrible, terrible draft pick in the first round of a team that had so many other needs right there. Um, fourth pick in a 12 team, one point PPR, assuming it goes McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke. Who do I grab? Kamara, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Thomas, or Henry? Where's Dalvin Cook? Why is everybody forgetting Dalvin Cook? What is going on? The answer is Dalvin Cook. All right, and if it's not Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas. That's what you do, Tim Wentz. That's it. Stop it. Um, wow, a lot of a lot of questions on that. A lot of people asking that. Place an order: Mixon, Chubb, Jacobs. Very easy. Chubb, Mixon, Jacobs. Boom. There you go. Uh, keep Michael Sanders in the seventh. Or Austin Eckler in the eighth. One point PPR drafting fourth for that one um i mean these guys are so close i really like both of them i said it on the show today and i I should make the announcement here on the podcast too i've declared austin eckler the one player that probably makes me the most nervous that i've missed out on this year i don't have any shares of eckler i have a best ball share maybe two but you know no redraft leagues no dynasty shares of austin eckler and I am liking him more now than I have in the past. He's shown a lot. I like what I'm seeing at Hard Knocks. Not Nobody's challenging him on the goal line carries. Nobody's challenging him on the passing down carries. Those are the two most valuable pieces of real estate. Josh Kelly hasn't developed like I thought. Justin Jackson, I think, is solid, but not Eckler's leapfrogged him so much. I'm going to say Eckler and eighth. Take a one-round discount and go with Eckler. Right there, Charlie Christie. 
All right, I answered as many questions as I possibly could on this thread, folks. I do so appreciate it, but uh, it is time that I let you out into this good night. Don't want to take up more of your guys' time. Remember, listen to the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio Elite Sports Show, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time every weekday. It's only 4 to 5 on Thursdays, but you get this beautiful hour of unfiltered, uncentered, uncensored content at your disposal there anyway. Isn't that better? Let's be honest with it. Uh, follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Head over to fantasyguru.com. If you are a subscriber there, hit us up in the chat room. Just go under media, draft room. It's the live chat feature. There every single solitary day answering your questions in real time, me and our staff. Go over there, EliteFantasy.com. Get the Daily Fantasy Baseball Package. The early bird pricing is available now. Now, here, you want a little hint? Here's something. Here's a little something. Do you want to join us for the DFS season? Well, I'll tell you, this is, I'm not going to say this a lot. Go to EliteFantasy.com slash Mans, M-A-N-S. Okay, on the top of that page, there's a promo code. Okay, use that promo code. Then sign up for the VIP package over there, all right? If you sign up for the VIP package right now, the, um, the full all-access VIP package, you're, it's going to be the cheapest you'll ever get, and you're going to get basketball, baseball, hockey, all of these other sports on top of football. If you're only interested in the football, then just get the NFL season pass. It'll never be cheaper. It's your best buy. But you could also use the 20% discount, and it's real cheap. Or, but if you, want, if you have interest in these other sports, get the VIP. Do it on the monthly. It'll save you some uh, upfront costs. You get 20% off of that literally for as long as you go. Right, You keep generate 20% every single month you save. So, and then you get those other sports. That's, I mean, that's what I would do if I had interest in baseball, PGA, MMA, soccer, esports, NBA, NHL, uh, NASCAR, any of that good stuff over there. All right, elitesportsbetting.com for all of your sports betting needs as well. Folks, appreciate you downloading. If you could please do me a favor, feedback always necessary, always great, whether you're on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you've downloaded this podcast, if you could just drop me a note, hey, man's loves the pod, hey, man's hate the pod, hate your voice, you're stupid, you smell like boogers, uh, whatever, just what, however, I, only thing I ask, be honest, you know, don't be mean just to be mean, don't be nice just to be nice, if, honest feedback, always warranted, always welcomed here and uh and rate the podcast how you feel as well the more that we get the more feedback we get it's all we ask we can keep this sucker free for as long as we want and maybe ramp up some new episodes during the football season how about them apples uh that's gonna do it for me again folks lot covered here today best of luck to each and every one of you in your fantasy football league drafts you may disagree that's okay why because this is just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!